attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Another week. Another hour or so and some change or less or whatever it ends up being of Adam and Dana talking about all things Disney, Disney Land, Disney World, Disney Cruise, Run Disney. The list keeps growing because remember when we started this thing, we were like only Disneyland. Yep. Yes. Well, when we started this, there was a global (laughs) pandemic going on and we were just missing the parks. But you were also on the West Coast with me. So I I was like, let's just do Disneyland because we didn't feel like... There was a lot of love for Disneyland. It's all the podcasts out there about Disney World, which is still true. But now that you moved, it gave us a really good excuse to throw in a lot more Disney World do stuff. Do both. And yeah. there's like, there's love to both parks. By the way, some of our favorite YouTubers, Adam Hatton and Gary <gasps> C, are at Disneyland. I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching them right now. I watched their first vlog today it during was my so, lunch break. It was so crazy because they've never stayed at the Disneyland Hotel before. And, like, how many times have we stayed there? And I, you know, that is my favorite Disney resort ever. I get it. I mean, just even that bit, like, at the Disneyland Hotel where you're at Trader Sam's and you're standing up there overlooking the pools and the other buildings. Yeah. Like, it's beautiful. But, like, it just, not none of the resorts in Florida can match that ever. They really, well, I agree. I agree. Disneyland on the West Coast, the Disneyland Hotel is just so iconic and so classic. My favorite is like that wall of memorabilia that they have, all the old toys from the decades. No, It's so cool and so 60s retro, yeah. which I'm here for. I feel like the retro thing works well for Disneyland. And they like, Disney World tried yeah. with the 50th as I'm like wearing a retro Disney World sweatshirt that I bought on this last trip, which this is the coziest sweatshirt I bought in such a long time. And I've maybe worn it three days in a row at this point <laughs> to the point where I wore it on a work call yesterday and then I had it on again today. And oh no, somebody was like, have you changed clothes in two days? And I was like, no, no, no. Oh, my husband's out Adam. of town. I'm functioning. <laughs> you got to change your sweatshirt, bud. It, no, because it's like that sweatshirt that like you wash every once in a while because you don't wear it all day and it just kind of you throw yeah. it on and it's chilly. Yeah, that's this one. So what was I saying? Disneyland, their retro merch works so much better because it is true retro. And I just got to share, I got Kurt a really cool Valentine's Day present. I sent you a picture of it. (gasps) Yes, you did. Disney 100, they are doing the retro merch right. So I popped into the Disney store here in New York because I'd seen this online and I knew I wanted to get it for Kurt. And I was like, Maybe they have it at the Disney store here because sometimes the Disney store in Times Square, New York City will occasionally have parks collection stuff, Mm -hmm. just a limited quantity of it and like a small spattering of like what they actually have in the park. So they had like Walt Disney World 50th Spirit jerseys there. They have a bunch of the Disney 100. They have the not to be mentioned ears with the dripping silverness on it. But they had this really cool framed Walt Disney's Disneyland sign. And it was like a sign advertisement for when the Disneyland show that he used to do was on WABC TV in Los Angeles and says like Walt Disney World's Disneyland at Harbor Boulevard in the Santa Ana freeway. And then like has 
the old Disneyland logo and like the old WBC logo on it. So it's really cool. And it's got, I think Mickey and Donald like holding a camera and a director's megaphone Yeah, from back in the day. So I got that for Kurt for Valentine's day. And then they also had some really cool retro, like notebooks and journals and like all kinds of stuff. And a bunch, all the Oswald stuff that's in the park right now. Oh yeah. They had all that at the Disney store in New York. So it's kind of fun every once in a while. Times Square is the circle of hell, but <laughs> it is nice every once in a while to pop in there when you're feeling like haven't been to the parks in a bit. I need a little a little Disney magic. It's like a little slice of the parks in New York City because it's one of the very few remaining Disney stores because they've closed so many of them. Yeah, there's like none. They're all closed. Do you know that those were like Bob Chapek's specialty too? Was it were some of those Disney stores? Not to bring Not it back. Really? Not to bring it as a downer. Yeah, he I was mean, like, they used to have them everywhere. They had them in Kansas yeah. City. They were everywhere. Every mall. Every single mall had it's them. It's really sad because everything is online. Shop Disney. Yeah. Yep. Well, going back real quick to the idea around the old Walt Disney's Disneyland 1950s yeah. show that he had on ABC. I've seen clips of it, but I always have a soft spot for that because, one, it's what told the world about Disneyland. But it told my mom specifically about Disneyland, and she always shares this really sweet story of her and her three other sisters and her mom and dad in the 50s and 60s would watch every Sunday night with their TV dinners, like so oh 50s, gosh. right? Um, they would watch the wonderful world of Disney, and they would watch all the stuff. And that was when she was like, I got to go to Disneyland. I have to ride the Dumbo ride specifically. And it was her dream, and she never went as a kid. And so the first time she went, when she got married to my dad in the early 80s, she was like, we're going on our honeymoon to Disneyland. So Aww. that's what they did. It's like Kurt and I, I went know. to Disney World. Speaking of also random, but TV dinners, I feel like, are making a comeback. Really? Like they've been totally rebranded and Kurt and I have fallen into the hole on this because I don't know about you. I don't know what's happening in Southern California, but out here, like grocery prices are through the roof. Oh, and, like, it's insanity. $7 for a carton of eggs. That's yeah, what we're at yeah. here in LA. So literally got to the point where I went to get vegetables and some meat and well, beyond meat and some other stuff to make a vegetarian chili. Uh-huh. All the ingredients cost me $80 <gasps> to make a pot of chili. chili? I was like, I'm done. I'm done. So, because you mentioned TV dinners, this made me think of it. We literally, we bit the bullet and we're doing like one of those, you know, like Blue Apron and blue all Blue Apron? Those. We do Blue well, Apron. Well, no. So this is like a step better than Blue Apron because we have the world's tiniest kitchen and I have a toddler and I don't have time to actually cook a meal right now. Yeah. It's factor- these like factor meals, they're super healthy. Mm-hmm. They're literally like a TV dinner, but they come never frozen. They come fresh. We get like yeah. 10 meals a week for a hundred dollars and they're oh, really good. Nice. I had steak with like a cauliflower mashed cauliflower thing last night and it was really good. And you just pop it in the oven. I feel like we're not sponsored by factor. I mean, if they want to sponsor us, they could, but like, it's so good. So it's called factor. Yeah. Like max factor. Okay, cool. They're so good. They must be giving Blue Apron a run for their money because recently Blue Apron started doing the same thing as an add-on. You can get the uh, pre-made meals pre-made. and stuff. It's genius. Yeah. Here we go. TV dinners are back. Also, can we take a <laughs> very quick second to talk about how you say the word cauliflower? cauliflower. You say it cauliflower. You say it, no, you just said it correctly now, but it's you say cauliflower. It's cauliflower. No, it's cauliflower. 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 Maybe this is like an East Coast, West Coast thing. 
It's cauliflower. It Should we cauliflower. do a poll? Should we do a poll on yeah. Instagram? How do you say it? Cauliflower. How does everybody cauliflower? say it? Yeah, cauliflower just is like not a real word. It's cauliflower. 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 It's cauliflower. Nobody's ever called um, okay. that. Well, before. I I grew up on the West Coast. I'm a Washington <laughs> State kiddo now in California. Are you wash or Washington? What are you a nihilist? It's Washington, not is it Washington or Washington. Wash. Do you run the wash or do you run the wash? Oh my god! You you wash. You run the wash. You run the washer. Do you run the washer? No, you were so Midwest. That's a Midwest thing, sir. Because my grandpa was also from the Midwest, and while he passed away before I knew him, that's what my mother also said about him: is that he always said, "Like here in Washington State." So it's also a a very I. So I got that from my grandma and my dad, who are like New Englanders, and that's where that Mm. one came from. Wash, gotta run the wash. Do you say that? Yeah. Like actually say it? I'll be like, oh, wash Adam. my hands. And it's like, wash, not wash. No. It's yeah. Oh. The more you know. It's the right way to speak. Anyway, so we thought we would do <laughs> some, before we continue to correct Adam's apparently abhorrent grammar uh, and pronunciation. Or mine. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think it's called. I gotta say, the cutest thing, because Noah's spitting out words left and right right now. He says, yeah. potato is the way he says potato right now. And then Aww. there's a shoe store down the block that we pass every time we go to the market and they have a Mickey and Minnie in the window and he knows they're there and he mm-hmm. has to stop and see them every time. And it's Mickey and Minnie, <laughs> Mickey and Minnie. Aww. And tonight Mickey. he looked pointed. He's got a bunch of Disney bath toys because, of course, he does. And he pointed at Goofy. He went, Goofy, like Aww, I am cute. my little Disney dad heart is full. It's the best. I've done best. my job. But anyway, we thought we'd do a full-on news episode. We should probably get to it because I think you guys know Dana and I can just keep drinking wine and babbling about everything else in life for a while. And I think Dana is killing I killed bugs. it. I killed a fly. <laughs> Ew, it's on my hands I look now. up and Dana's like, he's taking a fly down in the <laughs> room. Anyway, we figured we would dive into some news at both parks because been, it's been a beat since we did a good news yeah. episode. So... Sorry, folks, no vault today, but there's plenty of us to talk about and give our opinions on. Um, Run Disney. So you know how we talked about, like, the Disneyland half marathon's back? This thing crept up on me because I totally forgot to register in time, and I'm kicking myself because I'm not going to get to do it. But all Run Disney events up until the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend next year are sold out. So good luck. You're not going to run it. (laughs) It's done. Wow. I do know that Allison and Leanne, my friends and, you know, travel agent owner, they did get them. But they were mm. in the hour-long wait. And Allison said that she and her mom and Leanne all had their phones and their computers out. Just the same shenanigans that we dealt with Ugh. with annual passes and all that stuff. They were also spending a ton of time. Allison booked the 5K here at Disneyland. And I think Leanne booked the 10K. So Nobody got the half? Come on, ladies. Where's the half marathon? I, I know. No, I know. That's, that's, that's what your territory. Oh. So, yeah, all the Disneyland events and all the Disney World run Disney events are sold out, except they have not opened registration yet, nor have they announced registration dates for the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend, which will be the week before the Disneyland half in January of next year. So I'm bummed because I really wanted to do the Disney World half and then fly over to California and do the Disneyland half, but that's apparently 
Not going to happen. I will say if you are interested in trying to do these, start looking around for charities Mm -hmm. because charities will have access if you raise money. I mean, you guys know Leukemia Lymphoma Society has a bunch for the Disney World Marathon weekend. We don't have them for the Disneyland races, but there are probably going to be some charities that will have entries to the Disneyland races available as long as you go fundraise a lot of money. So keep that in mind, poke around, see if you can find it. But I'm super excited, Dana, because in like two months, I'm doing the 10 mile race at Disney World when we're down there. So you all are going to sleep. We've talked about this a lot, but I'm excited. I'm going to do it. I actually participate in my first run Disney event where I'm actually uh, doing the whole event. And we'll uh, see how that goes. We'll report back. But it just means, again, when we get on that cruise ship, I'm eating everything in sight because I ran 10 miles the day before. You better. I I'm going to be that you. guy because so look, much. you can order as many of the entrees that you want at every restaurant, and I'm going to just have a yeah. tasting menu every night of like the appetizers, the entrees, and the desserts. As I think we should just order like everything yeah. to try it and pass the plates around. Well, because we're going to be sitting at our own little table yeah. all together, we might as well. And bonus, we're going to get to try all the good vegetarian stuff yeah, because we've got Kurt with us. Right. So we should just so. order one of everything every night. Yeah. We should. Yeah, done. Okay. So anyway, that's the update on Run Disney. So sorry, so sad. Uh, if you were wanting to do it, it's um, <laughs> it's gone. Just go for a run at the Aww. resort because they are slowly bringing back. I did find out they are slowly bringing back the resort fun runs. So you can go on to like your resort's homepage and find the like recreation tab for your resort on the Disney World website and they'll tell you if they are doing the fun run or not. Like there's a really cool one at Port Orleans. They have another one at the Boardwalk, things like that. That are organized little races. We get a cutesy little like the Port Orleans one is fun because pre-pandemic, and I don't know if they still do this, you would get like a little Mardi Gras bead medal for doing the 5K, this little plastic Mardi Gras beads. And then you get a coupon for free beignets after doing the 5K. I would totally do that. That's yeah. awesome. So anyway, anyway, that's that's the running update. Good. Well, I'm glad you did that. It's kind of a bummer, actually, but I'm not surprised. Like, where yeah. are all these people and who has all this money? <laughs> it's it's mind boggling. People are obsessed with Run Disney. All right. So next up over at Disney World, the annual pass holder preview for Tron is coming up in early March. So if you've got an annual pass, which sorry, I'm so sorry, Adam, I feel like I always bring up the annual passes and it's like a sore subject. It is because I would be a pass holder right now and probably the amount of money we've spent on tickets at Disney World would equate the money you need to spend on the pass. So I don't know, whatever. But great, great. All those people with passes get to go ride Tron first. Well, if you have an annual pass, March 4th to March 10th are your dates for the Tron Light Cycle Run. I think they're giving you a, a slot on the website. I'm actually not totally clear how they're no, they're gone. How they're registering you? Oh, they're already gone. So yeah. hopefully you got them. Hopefully you got them. Those guys. went. I'm sure that was the same. You needed 16 devices with multiple logins to get them. Yeah, those are gone. Yep. And I think the DVC preview is done too. Yes, DVC is done. Cast member preview is done. Everybody's saying great things about the attraction. I think we talked a little Ish. bit about this with Kim last week, that the seats are still a, a big point of contention and understandably yeah. so that a lot of people aren't fitting into these in, into these seats. And they've got some specialty ones, but they take a really long time for them to appear. So you're waiting double the amount of time just to be able to sit in a different 
seat. So people have been comparing them to Flight of Passage. So the seats okay. you have to get in, you know, where they really like they clamp you in that thing on Flight of Passage when you sit on that. Yeah. But, you know, I still think I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that because I think they designed it. They're not they're not dumb people who design these things. I think they designed yeah. it in a certain way to make the ride what it is and make the experience like you are on the bicycle, you're on the light cycle, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen what the modified seats look like or if it's more like a regular roller coaster seat rather than being like riding the bike. Yeah. But there's probably a reason behind it all. I understand, but I think this is like this is how everything is, right? Like something nice and new comes along and somebody's people are going to have something to complain about it and usually the complainers are the latter folks anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe that was, I don't know, semi-hate mail, whatever. We'll see. I I just want to experience it for myself and I, I get. We're going yeah, to. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait to try it out in April. And we are paying for it. I don't want to deal with the virtual queue. We're buying Agreed. the individual lightning lane and we will go ride this thing in April. Strong agree. Yeah. That and Cosmic Rewind, those are the ones I will be buying an extra the lightning lane for. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I'm so bummed we're not going to be at Epcot together. On that trip, because I would want to be with you on Cosmic Rewind. It is just to watch you on it. Like, it's like that's such a fun thing to do to watch people who've never been on a ride. Like, when Ryan and I got to ride Rise with Kim for the first time, and Kim had never done it. Yeah. It was, I spent more time watching Kim's What a Star Wars is. Yeah. No, she's like, is this Star Wars? Is this Tangled Rise of the Tangled Braid? Is this, where is Rapunzel? When does she come out? (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. Well, so for Tron, just as a reminder, everyone, this ride officially opens on April 4th at Disney World. Yep. Just in time for us. Okay. This one's kind of a. So. You keep getting the super negative. All right. Come on, Disney. Actually, this is like if we had a hashtag Disney do better, this would fall under that. So. Ongoing pay disputes with Disney World cast members and the unions. Basically, the Disney World cast member unions walked out of negotiations and refused to come back after 96% of the Disney World cast member union members rejected Disney's offer for a dollar raise to their base and then additional $1 raises over the next few years to eventually get them to $20 an hour. So right now, the hourly is $16 an hour at Disney World. In 2023, uh-huh. it's $16. Oh. They're not. Oh, I'm sorry. Right now, they're being paid $15 an hour. They were offered a raise of $16 an hour with $1 per hour increases over the next five years, leading to a $20 per hour cap. Stop okay? it. Mm-hmm. The cast members say they want a raise, an immediate raise from $15 to $18 an hour with plans to get them to $20 per hour guaranteed as the minimum guaranteed. So that didn't go so well. Disney said, this is our last and final offer, $16. And over the next few years, you can get to 20. The Disney cast member union refused to come back to the negotiating table. And this is after that other park down the road went ahead and upped their employees' minimum payment to $17 an hour. So now they're paying $2 an hour more than Disney World is for minimum wage at the parks. Whoa, that's significant. here's what I got to say. Disney, stop. Like, I get you've got financial issues because you put all in on Disney Plus and you got to figure that mess out. 
but this is not a good look. With the amount you are charging for the parks, we are paying record amounts of money to go to the resorts, to relax, to have a vacation, to go to the parks. I mean, we just bought two one-day, one-park tickets on a Sunday in April for $169 a ticket. Yep. What? It's crazy. And you can't up your minimum wage for your cast members to $18 an hour. Yes, you can. I'm sorry. Like, you can do the math and you can figure it out. Yeah. This Um, this infuriates me because these are the people who make our experiences what they are and why we keep coming back to the parks and enjoying the parks. They make these experiences magical. And it's such a bummer that they are literally asking for a $3 an hour raise across the board as their minimum wage to be able to survive in an economic environment where inflation is here, recession is looming. Again, we were just talking about $7 for a dozen eggs at the grocery store. Like what? Yeah. Pay your people. Pay your people. I really want to watch. I don't know if you've heard about Abigail Disney. She is the granddaughter of Roy Disney. And she has a documentary that just came out that is really all about this subject. And who better to tell this story than her, the woman who was raised in her last name is literally Disney. She's raised in the Disney dynasty, but she's really exposing the insane, like lower wage salaries that are in the theme parks and all of this dispute. So I think that documentary just came out. I'm trying to remember what the name is of it, but I really want to watch it. So Spectrum News in Orlando spoke to some cast members. And I think this quote really just sums it up. Quote, give us a livable wage. That's all we ask. Nicholas Maldonado, a cast member at a Disney outlet store, said, we love what we do, but how can we continue to make magic if we are continuing struggling? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Disney spokesperson came back with, we've provided the union with options that would set all non-tip cast members on path to $20 an hour and provide opportunities for immediate increases. And we look forward to continuing discussions. That is corporate speak for we're digging our heels in. Look, I would say, you know what, cast members, walk. Yeah, they really should. And rounding back that Abigail, I looked it up. The Abigail Disney documentary came out last year and it's called The American Dream and Other Fairy Tales. But I listened to an interview with her on a podcast uh, with Mark (laughs) Maron last year. And she talked about how like, as she was doing a lot of this research, finding that most of the funding is going right back to those shareholders and those shareholders are often still like family members. She's one of them. So, you know, there's just such a huge gap and, you know, I don't know the right answer to any of it, but I do definitely know I need to watch her documentary and I really feel for all those cast members. I hope they get the appropriate raise that they deserve. I hope so too. Because they, they, like I said, they are the ones who make the parks what they are and give you those mm-hmm. moments that make you smile and have the memories being there with your families. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. Absolutely. Should we talk about something okay. happier? <laughs> okay. In, in happier news, in happier travel news, maybe happy. I actually don't know. Um, this is exciting. The first nonstop flight is coming to Orange County Airport, John Wayne Airport, and going all the way to Orange County, Florida, MCO, Orlando. So the first Orange County to Orlando flight is coming here next week. 
This is through Breeze Airways, and they're calling it their Disney to Disney flight, which is adorable. And they were saying <laughs> that flights are starting at $69. What? I have to imagine that's one way. Yeah, well, it's got to be one way. And also, they should really take over the name and call it the Magical Express. Oh, my goodness. They should. It's available. The Breeze Airways Magical Express. So Breeze is like a new airline um, they launched a couple years ago, and what they're known yeah. for is flying from some of the smaller airports to bigger airports. So uh. they're big out on the East Coast. Like, you can now fly from this airport in Connecticut all the way to LAX or SFO or elsewhere. On, like, I got to say, like, I've seen photos of their cabins. Really nice mm-hmm. planes. Like, it I'm looks really nice. I'm looking at them nice. right now. This this looks legit. We flew, um, they have one of these on the West Coast called Avello Airlines. Yeah. And I flew it up to Oregon this fall. And it was also really nice. And what I learned was the, the flight was dirt cheap. We're talking the same types of pricings to Central Oregon. But what they told me is that they bought older planes and they have fewer routes. So they're able to just have a smaller fleet and keep their flights down. This is not a Spirit Airlines situation. It wasn't for us. But the one tip that I would give anybody flying this, and this is the same thing I would say for if you're going to fly a Velo, is fly the earliest you can on the (laughs) days that you're flying with them. Because exactly the point I just made, they don't have a large fleet of airplanes so if something goes wrong at the beginning of the day at another location they're not going to have an extra pinch hitter to come on in and and take care of you guys so fly on the earliest flight if you're going to fly one of these gp ones well and then they're only i think what i read on this they're only going to have one a day Mm -hmm. it's going to leave orange county like nine in the morning get to orlando and then leave orlando at like 5 p.m to go back to orange county so if something goes wrong with that plane, that flight's canceled. Like, so just yep. keep that in mind. And you're stuck on that airline, like you were saying, and you're going to probably have to pay out of pocket to hop on a Delta flight to get to Orlando or something like that. So I think it's cool. Yep. I love that they're doing this. I'm actually shocked, but also not because Southwest doesn't fly coast to coast. But like Southwest hasn't done a Orlando to Orange County flight or something yeah. like that. Right. Or that other airlines haven't. Then again, how many people are going back and forth between Anaheim and Orlando? Frequently like that. Just us Disney nuts. Just us <laughs> Disney nuts. So it'll be interesting to see if it lasts, yeah. but it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think that sounds awesome. I love that little John Looking Wayne airport. Site, they, have a, they have some decent places that they fly to. Yeah, John Wayne is adorable. Well, minus the fact that taking off from there is like terrifying. It's a short runway. It's a super short runway. When they cut the engines. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, we got on there once, and the pilot was like, just so you know, do not be alarmed. It's perfectly normal, but as soon as we take off, we're going to turn the engines off and just glide. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Here's what I'll also say. I have a dear friend who, well, my mom's dear friend, who has been a pilot for Alaska Airlines for a very long time. He recently retired. And he told us that Orange County, places Burbank is the same way. San Francisco is a really short runway. Places that have really short runways have to have seasoned pilots to fly them. And so there is a certain amount of years you have to have to be able to fly in. So if you are flying to some of those places with short air, air runways, at least you know that you've got a pretty well-established pilot who's going to be navigating you in there. All right. Well, this is terrifying. So... <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're just ho- sharing some real weird news. This, I know this, this is a weird uh, episode. 
All right, so we're going to hop on that Breeze Airways flight and jet on back to Anaheim for some more news from the happiest place on earth. So you all know, and I shared this on our a little Instagram page, <clears throat> my uh, Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions once again. Thank you very much. We took a couple of years off from being go. Super Bowl champions, and here we are again. Um, and... You know, the iconic line that we hear for years, right? And Disney always makes a commercial of it is the MVP of the game is on the field going, I'm going to Disney World. Well, now they're going to Disneyland. Disneyland's back in the game. I read an article that they're going to alternate between Disney World and Disneyland is where Ooh. the winning team goes and where they have the parade. And it's going to be based off of where the Super Bowl is and what's easier to get them to (laughs) after the Super Bowl because it is tradition that literally the first, I don't know how, what marketing genius at Disney got this squared away and made this deal, but the first stop for the winning team MVP after every Super Bowl is either Disney World or Disneyland and they throw a parade in the park for them. Yeah. Um, So Patrick Mahomes, Showtime Mahomes, greatest NFL quarterback of all times is what I'm going to say. Bye-bye Brady. Anyway, Sport ball, folks. He was at Disneyland with his wife and their two kids. The day after the Super Bowl, they gave him a whole like parade down Main Street. All the Fab Five were out there in their Disney 100 outfits. And there were dancers with Chiefs colors. And they had a whole float decked out with the Chiefs logos and everything else. And he and his family got to spend the day at Disneyland. And he was on, I think he was on Jimmy Fallon or one of them the next night. And he said uh, he was talking about it and he said his kids took them a minute to be like, "Okay, this is cool. And then he said they absolutely loved Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. They got to ride it. And he said he thought they were like getting on like a little kid ride. And then he got on it. He was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) like this thing is crazy. So my Kansas City Chiefs were there. They won. It's amazing. And Mahomes was at Disneyland. And I just, I think this is more, I wanted to talk about this, to just brag more that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Okay. I think that's all that this oh, amounts okay. to. I'm so proud of you. I don't care about the sports, <laughs> the the ball, the sports ball and the <laughs> go team. You That was clearly goals. me who took over the Instagram on Super yeah, Bowl Sunday. Actually, so there's a really, I, I need to find it. And I will look, see if I can find it. No promises. But there was like a documentary about the iconic I'm going to Disney World line. Yeah. Do you know about this? I'm, I just and, Googled this. And like there's a crazy documentary with the like marketing team that gets a shot every year in the insanity that it is to make sure they get like they have one job and it is to get the Super Bowl MVP to record that line immediately after the game. And it's like it's bananas because like if you watch a Super Bowl, you've seen how insane the field yeah. is after the game's over. One producer's job is to get to the MVP to get them to record that line. Dude. Yes. Talk I, about pressure. There's a whole Wikipedia page and I just sent it to you and I want to give you. So we're going to do a quick vault. We've got a vault here, folks, and it's coming at you hey, live via in. Wikipedia. So just. Don't judge us too harshly, guys. But this all started in 1987 with the New York Giants, and it was Phil Simms of the New York Giants. He is the first person that said, and it was Disney World. He said, I'm going to Disney World when he was asked 
and he was paid $75,000 to say those lines. The company later aired three more ads that year with other athletes following the major sports championships. It looks like a bunch of people did it. it. This all originated with who else but Michael Eisner, who came up with the idea <laughs> that this would be a perfect way to brand their. Actually, it was his wife, Jane, who said this during a dinner, that this would be a really great way to get people to come to the parks as if they heard during the Super Bowl that the players were going to go there, the winning players. Michael Eisner then thought that would be a great option because they were just opening star tours and they wanted more attention on the Disney parks. So I guess we can thank Michael Eisner and his wife, Jane, for all of this. But yeah, I imagine the money just goes up even more as they got through this. You can see the list here of all of the people who say this after. And it's not just the Super Bowl. They then brought in NBA and the Winter Olympics. It looks like Nancy Kerrigan in 94 said it. I'm going to Disneyland. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm scrolling through this list. Yeah. Stanley Cup. NBA it's, Finals. So many. So. It's crazy. They even had a American Idol in the 2008 <laughs> to 2011. They had their winners say, I'm, I'm going, going to, to Disney, Disney World. World. Ah, I mean, it is literally marketing genius, but like I have to find this interview of the woman whose job it was to get this on camera. Yes, you do. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And it looked like the Patrick Mahomes one for this year was literally shot on a cell phone. Like it looks like they got to him, shoved a phone in his face and was like, say the line. And he did it. And then, yeah, there was. And it was Disneyland had a whole social promo on it in the middle of the night that night after. Wow. Afterwards. So I don't know. A little bragging. Had to bring it up. If Phil Sims in 1987 got 75K just to say that, I wonder what Patrick Mahomes got this year. Oh, my gosh. Who knows? Showtime Mahomes. All right. Well, let's get back into some more Disneyland news. Um, Okay. This is, again, kind of bummer news, too, but then also exciting. Toontown is reopening, but they're delaying their opening. So originally it was supposed to open March 8th, and now it's been moved back to March 19th. That is due to the, and, you know, pull out your tiniest violin for all of us out here in Southern California. But uh, it's due to the severe weather that we have had because we've had some rain. The great winter storm of 2023. It's been chilly. I'm wearing a long sleeve thermal today. So, yeah, we did have a lot of rain and I think we're about to have more of it. But they are delaying this 11 you know, it days. It was 65 here today. <gasps> you were as warm as us. I was so cold. It was, it was 65. 65 today. I was so hot. I was so cold. It was cold. 65. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Because also, we live in a pre-war apartment. So this our building was built in, like, 1906. Mm. We have, I'm staring at it right now, gigantic radiators that we cannot control. So currently, they're still on because you have to have them on in the city in the winter. But we have all the windows open and fans going in the apartment right now because, like, literally the phrase, the hottest summer I ever had was a winter in a New York pre-war apartment is pretty accurate. I thought that was San Francisco. No, wait, I got it mixed up. The coldest winter I ever had was a summer in San Francisco. Just got it Summer wrong. in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I got go. it. I got it. Which is so true. San Francisco is just weird. Well, anyway, Toontown. So Toontown, so that's the big news. But then the other consulate prize is that they announced that cast members have some cute costumes coming out. So they're uh, really cute and sparkly and uh, like mismatched colors. Um, 
That's really all I got here. Toontown is going to be adorable. Say about these costumes. Yeah, are you looking at the picture? Yeah, I looked at them a little earlier, too. And um, it's goofy. It's cute. It's cute. Kids will like it. I think there's a little tease in a couple of these costumes for something that's going to be inside Toontown. Which is? I think Maribel's Casita is going to be in there somewhere. No. Because I'm looking at specifically the last photo. Okay. I'm looking at these photos, too. The orange with the blue. And also in there's another one where it looked like looked like a very Spanish Mexico themed nah. costuming on a couple of these folks. Nah. I'm gonna just I'm going on a limb. I'm saying it was it's a little interesting. But anyway, they're fun. They're like kids will like it. They are fun. They're very vibrant and bright. They remind me more of like Also maybe it's the second to last photo. That woman looks like grown up Maribel. I think that's all it is. And she's the costumer. She's the one who designed these costumes. She's not the person. Dude, is that what you're basing this off of? The designer looks like. (laughs) Is that what this comment is? The designer looks like grown up Maribel. Yeah, yeah, she does. I mean, she does. Same glasses, same hair. She's just wearing a shawl, Adam. She's just wearing a a nice shawl that looks. She's like, yeah, Maribel. This is like, this is Encanto 2. No. Maribel's all grown up. No, she's given the doors. Disregard Adam. Don't listen to anything he has to say these are bright mismatched colors you got like red on the bottom and green on the top or purple on the top and blue on the bottom it's just it's just toontown they're very cute they look you, very like like you can layer them in different styles i think that was kind of the big thing that they're going with these costumes are these the costumes they're gonna wear on mickey and minnie's runaway railway too i imagine so yeah or are they doing because i love what they do at disney world that when you're on the Chinese theater side of the attraction, their costumes look very formal and normal. And then when you go, when you enter into the cartoon, they turn their costumes inside out, the cast members, and they're all like goofy and cartoony costumes all of a sudden. Literally never noticed that. Have not noticed. I you haven't? No. Oh my gosh. It's like the coolest little detail that they do is that they're in one costume on the Chinese theater side. And then they're wearing vests and they literally flip their vests inside out when they're on the other side and they become really goofy and like colorful and everything like you're part of the cartoon. As a quick aside, because I am on my husband, our unpaid interns computer, I can see his text conversations going on and fan favorite Kim just messaged him to say, I don't know if you realize that you sent the Zoom link to Adam and myself. I don't know if you were trying to have me on it. Um, If they need me to be on this, I will (laughs) happily join right now. So, Kim, we're seeing this in real time. And um, sorry, Kim about to appear. Oh, my goodness. Should we patch her in, folks? Should we patch her in? It'd be really funny. I don't even know how to do that. And then it would stop us down. And then Ryan would have to come and, you know, fiddle faddle and make another I don't know. Row of audio. Sorry, Kim. Not worth it. Sorry, Kim. (laughs) We tried. I tried, Kim. It was all you could have defended yourself on your lack of um, Disney knowledge unless it involves a frog and a lady with long hair. No, she doesn't like the frog one. No, isn't there? Yeah, no, Pascal. No, he's, not a frog. Little, he's, like, he's a chameleon. He's kind of a frog. Like, he's you know, a chameleon. You know what I mean? More like a it's lizard. A slimy little green thing. All right. 
So Toontown is coming. I'm excited to see that next time we're out in California. I'm excited for Noah to be able to run around it. I think it's going to be needed because they don't have Tarzan's treehouse open. You know, love it or hate it, Mark Twain is kind of a slog to get over to. And and that's all that they right. really have for a playground. So Toontown's going to have a new kind of reimagined playground area, as well as the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will be. It is now open, so you can see that. And then we still have Gadget's Go-Go coaster chip and dale's gadget coaster i love that thing do you remember when you and i rode that a few like a year ago yeah, whatever that was yes and we did and um like, roger to- rabbit's toontown uh, which was also really really fun hold up all of the fan favorites are <gasps> heather the, the woodwork we just got a heather text Ooh, she's sending us a tiktok we'll have to watch it remember if you guys all remember heather she's sending us tiktoks of uh some ride anyway okay hi heather got your text during the show um, okay, if you were panicked, as I was, and many Americans are right now, at the uh, looming disappearance of beignets in Disneyland, do not fear. They will still be available. So we've talked about how they are refurbing that whole area over in New Orleans Square where you can get the mint julep bar. We get the mint juleps and you get the beignets. Mm-hmm. They're refurbing it to be Tiana's Palace restaurant, quick service restaurant there. Well, do not fear because they are going to temporarily relocate the mint julep bars uh, with the beignets to the Royal Street veranda. I have no idea where the Royal Street veranda is. Do you know? Wait a second. I thought this was like just the Ralph Brennigan's or whatever it's called. Ralph no, 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 no. The like the whole in Disneyland, you know, by yeah. the worst bathrooms in the park. There's the mint yeah. julep bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I guess. the beignets where you get the Mickey beignets. That's being closed to because they're refurbing. The, it's kind of attached to that restaurant that they're turning into Tiana's Palace. So they're yeah. walling off all of that. And they are going to temporarily move it further into New Orleans Square to this Royal Street veranda, which is kind of catty corner. You know how it gets like super narrow in there when you come out of Pirates of the yeah, Caribbean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be right over there. So. Do not fear. You can still get your. Oh, I know exactly. And, uh, I know where this is. It's where you get the clam chowder, folks. This is the spot right oh, above. There you go. It's yeah. I'm looking it up. I didn't know that was its name because I've never thought of it having a name. It's just the clam chowder spot. And it's literally above Pirates of the Caribbean. So if you know where that is, that's where we're talking. Also, fun fact, they still have not announced when Splash is going to close at Disneyland. So if you're missing your Splash Mountain from Disney World, hop on a Breeze Airways flight, go to Disneyland, and uh, you can still ride it out there. You know I wrote it with uh, our all of our fan favorites a couple weeks ago, and it was a walk-on, um, and I did not get that wet. But I did film it for you. I sent it to you. It was late at night. I love and- it. I know. I just, you know, even if I'm back at Disneyland before it closes, which I don't think I will be. I don't want to ride it because, again, my magical last ride at Disney World, like. Yeah, that was pretty special. You got to see the fireworks. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It was in a whole boat by myself. Like, what? Yeah. Um. So that's the update there. So our last bit of news, and I think this is pretty exciting, is that the Food and Wine Festival at Disney's California Adventure has been officially announced. The festival will be going on from March 3rd to April 25th. 
I know we've lightly talked about it. I think the most exciting thing of this festival that happens at DCA is that they are bringing back Soarin' Over California. Yay! Temporarily, but I just wish they would just keep it all the time. They just Um, need to. This is silly. Yeah, they really do. But they've got a couple other new things that are coming this season. You and I can talk about some of the food booths, which sound some of them sound really great. I know. I'm literally my jaws on the floor with a cocktail I just found. So yeah, Ooh. I'm scrolling through it as you're talking. Well, before we get into the food booths, I want to mention that. And hey, no shame if this is something you want to do, but the price tag has me like a little a little concerned. Oh, no. uh, but they always do specialty events. During Food and Wine Festival. And they've got two in particular that as of the recording of this podcast, you can still book these events. I imagine you'll still be able to book them for a while because of the price tag. But they have a Trader Sam's Tiki Mixology Seminar that will be going on for two different days, Monday, March 6th and Monday, April 10th. This, and I'm reading this from the Disney website, says, Learn how to make a Hippototo Mai Tai, one of the legendary libations served at Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar. Then sample sweet and savory snacks around the outdoor fireplace. Be sure to take home a tiki mug as a souvenir for your adventure. This is obviously taking place at Trader Sam's Tiki Bar into the Disneyland Hotel. Adam, how much would you guess this event costs? As we're planning our cruise, I'm like looking at like the alcohol tastings or the workshops, like the old fashioned workshop, stuff like that. I'm going to guess $200 a person. You are a little high. It's $159 per person. But you are learning how to make one drink. You're getting a souvenir and then you're going to get to sample some sweet and spicy snacks. Do you get the drink? You get the drink that you make, I think. That's it? Hippopoto Mai Tai. You just get one cocktail out of this? Yeah, that's what I said. Learn how to make the Hippomoto Mai Tai. Y'all, don't waste your money. Do not waste your money because, frankly, Kurt and I are suckers for the souvenir mugs from Trader Sam's, and we get one literally every time we're there because they keep coming up with, like, a new zombie one every time we're there. Yeah. Just buy the cocktail and add the Keeper Cup. It's literally another 20 bucks, way cheaper than this. And guess what? You can figure out how to make this cocktail on your own at home because of this little thing called the internet. Yeah. Also, we have that Disney um, <laughs> drinks recipe book that you could probably. Learn oh yeah, you do. There. Yeah, we make the jet juice all the time. It is diabolical. No, next time I am there, you got to make. We will. Jet we have to ask unpaid intern Ryan to make it for you, but he will. Ryan, okay, please. the next one up is the Disney's Grand Californian Food and Wine Experience. They're saying. And this is at the Grand Californian Hotel. So this says, meet the chefs, sommeliers, and art historians from the Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa as you sip wines paired with specially crafted plates at the venerable Hearthstone Lodge. Featuring selections and experts from Laurent Pierre, Stag's Leap Winery, Minor Family Wines, Darouche, Claude Duval, Heinz Cellars, and ZD Wines. So this is basically a wine and food tasting with a sommelier and a chef. How much would you guess that experience is going? Oh, and by the way, it's only happening one day, Friday, April 21st. It's a wine and food pairing at Grand Cal? Wine and food pairing with chefs from about five different wineries, chefs and and sommeliers. Uh, Wine and food. $279. Per person. You're so high. Really? It's 225. It's 225. It's still really high. Yeah, but add tip. 
Yeah, it says, no, it says plus tax and gratuities. 225 per person plus, ta- oh, they're saying 225 plus yeah. you have to add in. 270. Or more. All right. Yeah. Or more. 300. You're probably paying 300. Yeah. With a tip. So there you have it. So if you want to book those, they are still available on the Disneyland app and the Disneyland website. But that is the price tag you are looking at. Oof. Let's talk about these food booths. Yeah, the stuff we can afford. Yeah. <laughs> so as you all remember, they have a myriad of food booths that open up during the Food and Wine Festival at Disneyland's California Adventure. And let's go into it. Let's pick our top favorites, Adam. Yeah, it, this one is always so funny because it's like, you know, the setup of food and wine at Epcot, which it's like epic. And you like you got to really work at it to hit everything. Yep. And people make it a mission to either get all the cocktails or get all the food or both. This one is always set up so differently because it's just kind of like sparse along that main drag as you come in past Avengers Campus, like up to Pixar Pier. Yeah. And it's not nearly as big as Epcot's is either. Yes. But they have some good stuff. I've already seen the two things that I need you to go try if I'm not there. A lot of the stuff, I got to be honest, is similar to what they had last year as I'm looking at this menu. Mm. The thing that I'm most excited about that they had last year as well, it looks like it might be a little different. It's over at the L.A. style food booth and it's called the Glazed Barbecue Pork Belly with Furaki Mac Salad. It was so good last year. I will get this again. I will definitely get this again this year. Okay. So there are two cocktails I found that you need to go have. Okay. One is at the Berry Patch. And this Ooh. this feels like a lot, but I'm kind of curious. It is a cherry chocolate mint dessert cocktail. Oh, right? goodness. Vodka, creme de menthe liqueur. They're there at the creme de menthe and oh, other I'm things. out. I'm out. Cherry, chocolate syrup, coconut cream, and heavy whipped cream. I will not be trying this for you all. This sounds disgusting. And you can get a red or green grapes glow cube charm in it. This feels like Christmas in a cup. Somebody will try it, right? Yeah, Sierra's, Sierra Jones. Yeah, not yeah. Leone. Never Leone, but Jones yeah. will try it. No, but Jones? Okay, Jones, yeah, you're on try. deck. Okay, but here's the one you will try because you and I have a thing for these cocktails. Yes. This is the chocolate marshmallow cold brew cocktail. We do like mm-hmm. a cold brew cocktail. All right, this one is Irish whiskey, Joffrey's coffee and tea, Mexico origin coffee, chocolate syrup, almond milk, and a toasted marshmallow. Oh, man. That sounds delightful. I'm kind of into that. I'm kinda, yeah. So here's the thing. My favorite fall winter cocktail is a chocolate old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Have you had one of those? No. You know chocolate old fashioned? I don't think so. I'm going to make it for you sometime. Okay. So here's what you do. You get a nice little bourbon. Right? Uh-huh. You get some chocolate bitters, a little dash of chocolate bitters, mm-hmm. a little dash of orange bitters, a little dribble of liquid sugar. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. drop a chocolate coin on the bottom of it, oh. mix it up, throw some ice in, and then top it with a toasted marshmallow and a sprig Ooh. of rosemary. Okay. All right. I'll try that. I'm telling you, that is like Christmas in a cup. That sounds delightful. I Christmas in a cup with a with a gelt, good chocolate with a gelt, gelt. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Gotta give it a little Jewish in there. Um, yeah, the chocolate bitters are what do it. But anyway, I mean, I scrolled through here and I went for the cocktails. So you did. Well, I'll go back to the food because there's another thing that sounds good. Actually, both of these sound great. Garlic kissed. That is a really solid food booth. They had that one last year. They have a carbonara mac and cheese 
with peppered bacon, Newski's peppered bacon. This is the same place that had the um, Pop Rocks mac and cheese last year, and that was a miss. That was terrible. Yeah, no, I remember that. But this garlic mac and cheese with peppered bacon, I'm here for. They also have a grilled top sirloin with roasted garlic gure, I never can say that right, mashed potatoes, and black garlic chimchurri. So that sounds good. A little, a little slice of sirloin. That actually sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for the garlic kissed. Um, I also think at that garlic kissed, they have another cocktail I would like to try, which is the Roseberry Bitter Orange Mule. So it's vodka, mm. Aperol, orange juice, lime juice, rosemary syrup, and a ginger beer. You lost me with the Aperol. I'm not a big Aperol spritz mm. kind of guy. Yeah. I will say our That's friend Blanca from Spain uh-huh. came for Noah's birthday party. She happened to be in the U.S. And she brought us like the it summer drink in Spain right now and in Portugal. Yeah. And it is like a twist on an Aperol spritz. It is this white port mm-hmm. with tonic and an orange slice and oh my gosh dana mm. if that caught on here in the u.s it would be the drink of the summer it probably will we'll just be like three years behind because that's what the aperol yeah, spritz basically. was it took it took three yeah, years that's true. okay i want to throw this one out for kim and all of our vegetarian fans i think this one sounds really great i want to try this kim if you're down let's share it it's called the i heart artichokes food booth and this particular dip is called the Chicharron crusted fried artichoke dip with smoked pepper crema and featuring a Oaxaca cheese. Some I don't know how to say their name, but it's a Oaxaca cheese. So that sounds really great. A fried artichoke dip with some Oaxacan cheese. Yes, please. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds sounds really good. Right. And I also saw the avocado booth. They have an impossible burger with a plant-based pepper jack cheese on it. So that looks good too. Yeah. Okay. We got some good options here. Hey, I'm telling you, we've been talking about this. Like Disney is totally upping their game with the plant-based food options. Because again, like I said, the first time Kurt and I ever went to Disney World together, all he ate for four days were Caesar salads. (laughs) Because that was the only option. Now, this is great. I will say my PSA about the food booths at the Disney California Adventure, it does get really crowded in that area. We've bought those passes, the sip and savor passes, and it takes us a long time to get through them. In previous years, they've let you like order in advance and then you have to go wait in the lines later. And that was really nice, but they got rid of that system last year. So I don't know if I'm going to buy a sip and savor pass this year. I think I'm just going to stick to every once in a while, grab one or two of these. Yeah. Oh, no. I just saw the beverage I'm going to get. I found it because I'm obsessed with Not the cold brew cocktail? Nope. Not the cold brew cocktail. At the L.A. style food booth, the same one that had that pork belly that I was talking about earlier, they have the, I don't even know how to say it, Mezcalones Anjo San Margarita. It's Mezcal Ancho chili liqueur, watermelon, mango, lime, and agave nectar. Yes. Yes. That's the one. That's what I want. I'm obsessed with mezcal right now. That's my favorite. And I want to try this. LA style. I'm going there. Okay. I'm very excited. Okay. I need a full report back. All right. Well, I think that's it, sir. Is that it? I think we got through all the news. Is that it? Are we done? Oh. I wish we weren't, but I know, me too. Um, at least we're ended on Mezcal as a as a positive at the end of the day. But um, yeah. yeah, we had some up and downs on the news at Disney right now. Hey, but there's downs. always Mezcal and cold brew cocktails, so I'm good. Yeah, there is. 
<laughs> uh, there's always a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Is, is that cold brew cocktail still at the Cozy Cone? I'll check. I'll report back. I don't know if they still have it there. Report back, because I was a fan of that one. Yeah, that one was really great. I shared yeah, it with, with the girls one. one time because it was very sweet. Mm. It had a whole can of whipped cream on the top. I know. That's when you need. Well, you tell them no whipped cream. Okay. Well, we didn't. Simple things. All right. Anyway, thanks for bearing with us as we, uh, you know, did our usual. Babbled. Did it, Adam. Just babble. I'm glad we heard from Kim and Heather throughout the podcast (laughs) tonight. That was amazing. Ooh, We should have like Kim and Heather on sometime. We should. Just Kim and everyone. I think they would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, don't tell her that because then she's going to think she's like, yeah, it's now Jen D with Dana and Adam and Kim. She will. She loves a podcast. She's got seven of them going. But I know once again, start plugging all of her podcasts. Well, I'll plug hers once again. I said this last week, but here's what's happening. That's Kim's news podcast. It's usually around like a 10 minute. I love it. I do, too. I think it's really great. It's my favorite of the myriad of podcasts Kim has going and they're all fantastic. That one is just super awesome. And it's a great quick take on all of the kind of headliners of the news from the previous day. So Here's what's happening. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. There you go. Yeah. All right, Kim. We love you. And we love all of you. Yes. Have a magical, magical week. Take care, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye.